ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, the, the last part of the season of a, a freaking crazy season. Um, for those of you who've listened on, thank you um, for listening on. We have a very special VIP guest on for, for today's episode. We've never had a, a, a third host, but um, there's no one better than the, the illustrious, the hilarious, uh, the Kirk Fox. Kirk, Kirk, welcome to Pod to Survive. I mean, I, I, I'm here because of the title. Uh, the idea that my survival depends on a pod, it's probably one of the only reasons I'll, I'll come in like this. <laughs> it's, that's, that's why we named it that, Kirk. Comedy nowadays, you have to have a podcast or else what are you, you're sleeping on the street. I mean, if it was just called, you know, pod to pod, I, I wouldn't even want to be here. <laughs> no, trust me. It's a uh, pod to survive. Um, there was no dangerous crashes on Sunday, but there was, I mean, some hair raising action and just the best um, final race that, um, I mean, there, any of the announcers, anyone I've talked to has said they've seen it in a decade. So this was the race for the season and uh, nothing much else to add about that. We're going to get into all of it. And Kirk, I mean, feel free to interject when you want. Um, you can do I mean just treat treat us however you want? We're just here to kind of give color and give our analysis. But uh, come come when you want, come when you don't want. Hey, Did I do Chase, you, Chase, you don't have to tell me that I can speak when I feel it's necessary. I don't want to. I don't want <laughs> to be. Or that he can come when he wants. I have to tell you, I, I'm married, so I don't want to have to ask permission to to speak to <laughs> two guys about a race they weren't in. No, no. So I, yeah, I mean, you're, you're dead on. I just, just do, do Kirk Fox. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to chase. He's doing it. He's doing it. He's, you're doing it. I'm doing it. it. I mean, John gets it. You don't have to tell me to be me. I I know this is a first for me. I'm I'm just, um, I'm just hanging on. So uh, forgive me. I'm going to just get, Hey, Chase, Chase. It's like that last lap. We're all just hanging on. We we all think it could go one way. <laughs> just just when you said you were an F one guy, I mean, just the perfect analogy right there. I don't I don't know what else to add. That's it's, well. That's, I think I think I think that's where we should start. Is um, I I don't think it would be befitting to even give a crap really about the first fifty four laps of this race because everything that I, I feel like Chase, you and I have been thinking about the last couple of days as well as the world, it seems like, has been about what the hell happened between Lewis Hamilton and Max. Um, so, I don't know. What's your gut reaction? I don't want to bury the lead, but what's no. your gut reaction, Chase and Kirk, on who won, how you felt, what the heck went on? Well, if, if I can just say from what I've seen, in life, it really doesn't matter about the first 54 laps. It's it's all about how we finish how we finish in life, and what went on in that is Max crossed that finish line first. Everyone was being a little uh, a little rough and tumble, but I think if if everyone's bumping everybody and everyone's taking advantage of that last lap, then uh, I'm going to give it to Max, no matter how many other teams are uh, fighting the the result. Sure. Right on. I love it. I'm Kirk's on my team right away. I don't want to spoil it, but I mean, if for our listeners, I'm I'm been pretty much the resident Red Bull Team Max guy, and Johnny is a Lewis guy. Um, and 
I, I don't want to get into a war of words here, but Max Max finished this first, and it's as to quote the great Michael Massey, that's most. Well, I think my my rebuttal to that is Max surely did finish in first, but I think that a lot of people left watching that race feeling a bit icky about how a guy can lead the entire race um, and can be leading by 11 seconds. And then with one lap to go, uh, the rules completely change and they make it a mono-a-mono race with some... um, some obvious differences in tire choices and stuff like that. That was pretty brutal to watch. I don't think it's as cut and dry as, you know, Max deserved to win. I mean, Lewis had been kicking his ass the whole race. And then it kind of felt like somebody's, you know, dad owned the team and therefore changed the rules and let their son win. It just felt kind of icky for Max just to come in at the end and win a title like that. And that's not to say that Max isn't deserving of the title. I mean, my God, he won the most races this season, the most P2 finishes, both of these guys deserve to win, but we'll get into it. But what happened in the last four races surely took a lot of days to to really digest, but um, didn't make me feel good. Well, Jonathan, I, I can say that uh, the fact that Hamilton, even if you're ahead by 11 seconds, at some point when you let the young buck take the lead, suddenly you're going to find out that the youth uh, – is sure excited to see no one in front of them. And I, I think that's what happened. I, I think Hamilton gave away the lead and couldn't get it back. He got a little cocky. I do think Max surprised him, Kirk. I think you're right. I think the first, if we get into it, I think it's about, it's lap 58, right? So fast forwarding, ultimately Michael Massey and the FIA allow both of these drivers to be mano mano and, and they've got a one-lap showdown. Obviously, Max Verstappen has brand-new soft tires, the fastest tires that, that these Formula 1 drivers have at their disposal. And I think Lewis at that point, Chase, right, he's got for sure 35-plus laps on his hard tires. So 40, Try 43 laps on those. 43 laps on these tires. And I saw a great, great um, tweet that um, our buddy, friend of the pod, Matt McGinnis, shared and this is for golf fans, just to put what happened in perspective in the last four laps. This was a quote. It would be as if Tiger Woods was up five on Rory McIlroy. Meanwhile, Charlie Hoffman, in this case would be Nicholas Latifi, is tied for 20th, gets struck by lightning, so the tournament ends with a chip off on the 18th hole. Rory, which would be Max, with a wedge, and Tiger, which would be Lewis, had a driver. That's how the the cards of the deck just got shuffled in the final race. And I don't think that that was fair. Well, hey, Jonathan, just a, a question from just uh, a new fan of F1, but just a, uh, a scientist of life. Do, do you think that maybe Hamilton should have uh, thought a little bit ahead and maybe changed those tires at 20 in instead of getting that late Kirk. in the race? and? Oh, go ahead, Chase. No, I just said, Kirk, that's a that's an excellent question. Because, listen, I think what's getting lost in a lot of the commentary here, and yes, what John, Johnny just said was a perfect analogy, and was at. But what context would be missing is if Tiger was actually given a choice to play the 18th hole with one club, what it would be. So it's not as if Lewis old tires 
without any kind of um, choice of his own. He was not forced to be on these tires. There was a decision made by the Mercedes pit team. And given a hard decision, I'm not going to say that they like totally screwed the pooch on this decision, but they could have changed tires. Not just then, but earlier in the race. It, it, it's a strategy. You these. It's not the first time a Formula One race has been interrupted with a safety car, with a crash. These guys have to make kind of um, yeah, but- es- estimates on the un kind of the unknown, and, and to kind of guess on if there's going to be a. a Hey, Jonathan, can I ask you a, a question? Of course. So before this race started, they all knew what what could come down at the end, correct? Of course. Formula One has a so, ton of scenarios, so all these teams, I think to yours and Chase's point, you have to be strategic. So that that's all I'm saying is uh, Lewis didn't just find out on the last lap that it was mano a mano. That 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 shit was uh, that was in play before the race even started. So I think his team failed to realize that it could come down. I think they underestimated the the young Austrian. I, I think that's a fair point. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is is number one um, in Formula One when you're in the first position and and Max is in the second position when you're leading the race it surely does affect your strategy, right? Because you can't just decide to pit. I mean, Max in the last 15 to 18 laps, right? He got two free pit stops, I think, for the virtual safety car with uh, Giovinazzi retiring Chase, right? So he gets free pit stop there, I think, um, or at least takes it because he has 20 seconds between him and the third-place driver. And then, obviously, they get this real yellow with Latifi, and he gets another free pit stop. When you're in second place and all you're trying to do is overtake the guy in front of you, you're pulling every single card to get that advantage versus – and this is is in real life. This is in every scenario. Versus when you're in the lead, maybe you're taking a a, a bit, you know, fewer risks because you don't want to blow the lead, right? Um, Well, so if if Max had been in the lead – then the same thing would have uh, applied to Lewis in second. And that gets us to like the whole crux of this issue, which is not, you know, was Lewis not, you know, uh, uh, assuming that he would have a mono e mono fight with Max. It was Michael Massey and the FIA, which I'm, I'm Kirk. Are you, are you aware of, of kind of like the whole drama around what the referees quote unquote here in formula one have, have done in this race? Uh, of course not. So, so let me let me let me <laughs> let me talk about it because I think Chase, it'd be helpful to kind of go through what the issue is and what's going on. Is that basically lap fifty-five? If we do a lap by lap, lap fifty-five. At this point, Lewis Hamilton. I know I mentioned it. He's up by eleven seconds, and everybody watching the screen and Chase and I watched it together. Lewis Hamilton is winning the drivers' world championship at this point. There's only four or five laps to go. He's up 11 seconds on Max. Max is not wiping Lewis Hamilton by a second of every single lap. So it's basically over. But of course, all of a sudden, Nicholas Satifi in whatever it was, 15th or 16th place, can't handle getting past a Haas and gets dirt on his tires. And being the uh, subpar driver that he, that he is, he puts it into the wall and causes a yellow flag. Another fun fact. Williams is a team that's provided by Mercedes, all their engines and stuff. So Mercedes is probably pretty pissed at Latifi for having this sort of hand in the championship. But there we go. We have a Latifi incident, lap 55. Johnny, 
I also want to present a theory that I ran by you. And Kirk, you'll like this theory. So this is a theory that... So I'll Mick decide Schumacher, if I like it. Okay. So Mick Schumacher, who's Michael Schumacher's son. So he, some people have theorized, was purposefully putting Latifi into the wall. So the incident happened between Latifi who crashed and Mick Schumacher, Michael To Schumacher's protect son. his father's championship count? To protect, protect Michael Schumacher's championship count, which Lewis would have broken had he won this race, puts Latifi into the wall, thus ensuring, I, I mean, in some weird way, it, it's a hilarious theory, but... That's juicy. I, I will say this, Schumacher, Schumacher's not good enough of a driver to actually orchestrate anything except maybe finishing a lap. I freaking love that. I could not agree more. <laughs> I could not agree more. There's no way that Schumacher is capable enough to actually to actually cause that wreck. Exactly. Uh, for him to cause a wreck, he would never do that for fear of killing himself. He drives in fear. Yeah, especially with the way that that Haas handles. I don't think that that thing could turn left if he tried. So, yeah, I can't agree more. But I think it's a and juicy I, I subject. Just, I, I was just playing in the mud with a three-and-a-half-year-old. and. A you know, mud's a dangerous, dangerous uh, mineral, and I, he just fucked up. Yeah, that, that's I mean, very true. It, he got he, he got screwed up in the mud, Latifi. It does feel sometimes like this is. Of, of course, this happens where it's the final lap. Like it couldn't like you legitimately couldn't craft the storyline of this any better. Where the safety car comes out and it's a decision to pull one more lap of racing. Like it, the crash happened at the perfect time. Like it, it, you couldn't write it better. That's why I, I get super into these theories and these, I don't know, conspiracies because it literally is like, I don't know. This was handed down. To f- but, but, but let's get back to it because lap 55 Latifi, as Kirk said, he's playing in the mud. Um, you know, He's over his skis here and puts it into the wall. He's really, not, I mean, he's trying to pull a move on a Haas. Like, that's the easiest move in Formula One history um, to get past Mick Schumacher and a Haas at the end of the final race. Um, but, anyways, Chase, you and I are watching it. At that point, we don't think, oh, you know, immediately we don't think yellow flag, this is going to put Max right behind Lewis because in between Max and Lewis, are four cars that are all in the points at that point, essentially. They're fighting for, I think, like 10th. And you have some real cars in this fight. You have, I think it's like Esteban Ocon, Fernando Alonso, Daniel Ricciardo. You have have real racers. They're not just back markers. It's not like getting past Giovinazzi and Kimi. You know, Max still has to get past those guys, just like Lewis had spent the previous, you know, six laps chasing Kirk, trying to get past them. So first you have the yellow incident with Latifi. And the, 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 the marshals are really trying to move that wrecked car off the track. And I got to say, uh, from watching a full season of Formula One this year, that was the fastest I'd ever seen the marshals get rid of a wrecked car on the circuit. I mean, they got rid of it within two laps. Where was that the rest of the season? But I'll keep <laughs> on going. But basically, now we get to lap 56. And this is where the confusion really starts. Because um, as, a, as a listener and a watcher knows you see the radio pop up and you see the team principals talking to the drivers and you see the team principals or you hear the team principals talking to essentially Michael Massey, who's the referee. And Michael Massey says, 
to both teams. He says lapped cars will not be able to overtake, which means those cars in between Lewis and Max will stay there at the restart, which to Red Bull at that point was BS. And to Mercedes, they said, thank you. That That's how it should be. Um, we shouldn't move these cars just to make this a one-on-one battle when Lewis was ahead by 11 seconds. That just creates a major disadvantage for Mercedes for, for no reason. You're penalizing the lead driver. I'll stop there because we've got two more laps to go, but I'll stop there for, 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 for you. Well, listen, this is protocol. So Red Bull is mad for just cause in, in a sense like, hey, like why, why all of this is almost like up to interpretation in a way where Massey has ultimate control. He's got the authority over the safety car and how it operates. So to a certain degree, it's his chance to kind of dictate all these factors and he's got a lot of different things working he's he's got to finish this race safely he's got to finish this race in a way that doesn't really piss off the sport and i mean i don't as a referee i wouldn't want my job to be to tell basically the whole sport they're the most exciting season in decades what as at a pivotal time in the the sports lifespan when it's really taking off in the u.s hey we're gonna finish this crazy title chase just with the cars going around for a safety car. I don't think that's how any sport wants to finish. It would be almost as if the Super Bowl ended in, I don't know, like like a penalty that put a team in the end zone. Like it would be fine. Like pe- people would just kind of be confused and a bit angered. So he's dealing with that and he's dealing with protocol. It, it'd be difficult for him to let all the cars through but he, he understands he wants one one lap of racing. So, he... Well, he, he doesn't make a decision, though. He, he, he actually says on TV that they're not going to be allowed to overtake. And then you hear little mouse rat guy Christian Horner get on the radio and tell Michael Massey with his whole frustrating, you know, breathing into the mic and huffing and puffing that it's such a you know, such a travesty that he's not allowing open wheel racing. I can't believe you're doing this. And then all of a sudden, lap 57, Michael Mossy, the FIA director, changes his mind and says, okay, these cars can unlap themselves. But Chase, not according to the rule book, which is that every car has to unlap themselves, including everybody behind Max. He only decides to have cars two through five, I think at that point, there's four cars only decides to have them unlap themselves. So it's very clear that Michael Massey really solely has the interest of let's make these two guys race off. But at this point, he's allowed Max Verstappen to get new tires and the leader has 43 uh, lap old tires. It just seems, it just seems too crazy, too sudden one lap to go. And he makes that crazy of a change coincidentally after Horner's just bitching at him on the radio. No, I, I listen. I, I get it, and Kirk, like I, I don't know if you had thoughts on this, and I'm stepping on. Well, my my, my thoughts are. Uh, it was first of all, we are talking about a race more than probably any other race would be discussed. I, I think in all levels and at, at all sports, you're going to find some shady shit going on. Who knows? You have great great insight to this and it sounds like 
you know, there could have been something a little shaky going on there, but it, it still sure made for an amazing finish. Uh, yes, it did. I watched it and thought, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know everything that led up to it, but how, how come that, how come one guy was allowed to suddenly make that change because he's the, the leader, he's the head, head ref, John. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's like a commissioner, essentially, but it's, unfortunately, you don't have a live radio call into the commissioner of baseball while you're watching a broadcast, Kirk, which is why I'm thinking, why why is so that a thing? It, and he, it seems like he's getting altered, and maybe it's another tangent for this show today, but, like, I'm sure that somebody's watching Formula One and has cared about this season. I think Michael Mossy should be should be seriously reviewed to see if he should be in this position, because... Um, I don't see, uh, you know, Silver, the Where commissioner in the NBA. I don't. I just don't see him getting swayed that hard by somebody. I just, where does it? Where Where does it stand now, John and Chase? Uh, are they done investigating it? Has they're he, not. They're no. not. So it, it's going. So like people, they let Red Bull celebrate because the, they, there was an initial protest um, that Mercedes charted after the race to say, "Listen, like that was incorrect ruling." That was dismissed by. Um, by the marshal. So, like, basically, the, the referees just said, like, there was nothing wrong. So, Mercedes filed an appeal. So, the appeal's been filed, and that'll go to the FIA court. So, listen, this this could not be over. There is a chance that they 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 review it and say that Mercedes won that, or Lewis, rather, won the championship, and that Max has to revoke it. But, I don't know. It feels like all the dust has settled. The parties have been planned. It, it, I don't see... It's not over. One. It's I not do, over. It's not over, but I don't see Formula One going back on course. And, and hey, listen, there could have been some fishy business we didn't hear on the radio between lap 56 and 57. There could be something where you've got the Formula One. Well, John, John and Chase, you do know you are never hearing everything that's going on. Oh, they, yeah. They, they have mute buttons. They, they're turning that shit off. Believe me, you hear what they want you to hear. The only thing that I'm that I'm that I'm drawing on is 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 first the actual inconsistent inconsistency of the ruling, right? So obviously, Chase, you mentioned that Mercedes, after inevitably Max Verstappen passes Lewis Hamilton on the final lap of the race, it's been Lewis Hamilton's championship. It's been his race the entire race after after lap one, turn six, right? Where the only real real other you know controversial passing happened. It's 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 Lewis Hamilton and it's Mercedes the whole way. So it felt icky leaving that you know leaving that final lap to be this massive change with this massive advantage. We made the driver versus you know pitching wedge analogy earlier on a chip off, but that's kind of how it was with the with the state of Lewis's tires. But the issue that I have is it's it's twofold. It's number one, according to the rule books, the FIA Michael Mossy here. You're not supposed to just allow four cars to unlap themselves just to get rid of it. If you're going to apply it to those four cars, you technically have to apply it to every single car in the race other than Lewis and Max, which would not have changed the fact that it was a one-on-one -on -one battle at the end. But given that there was only one lap left, it would have actually taken more time. So this is why it gets a little bit sticky because the race would have ended with Lewis in front because they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been able to clear all those cars, if that makes sense. So I think that's what they're really going to be yeah. um, getting on for their official protest. 
Hey, gentlemen, uh, it looks like you took my call. Can, do you mind if I chime in here? Of course. Go Thanks for it, Thanks so much. Uh, been following the podcast, though. Haven't been able to attend live so often. This is my dinner time, which is I'm going to be in a rush. Ultimately, I think you're, you're missing just a few details here um, that I'd love for you to talk further about. One is uh, the fact that Carlos Sainz, who was in third, was not permitted to pass the cars. And so there was no pressure from behind on Verstappen, which would have obviously changed his range of, uh, of driving on the track if he was also being pressured by the Ferrari right behind him while he had to go a little bit slower because Lewis is in front of him. That's so, what I'm saying, Dane, is that they only, because at that point it was the lapped cars. It wasn't per order. It wasn't like uh, two through five were technically the people that were in second and fifth. It was just the fact that Max and Lewis were lapping cars, right? So Carlos was actually in, let's say, seventh or something. Michael Massey, the right. FIA director, only asked for cars two through five to remove themselves. So you're totally right. Wouldn't that have changed the dynamic if Carlos Sainz in third was up on Max right, right behind him? Now, I don't think Carlos Sainz would have really gotten in the mix because imagine if he took out Max. But, but you're proving my point, Dane. Yeah, so thank you. I'm glad we were able to clarify that. The one other thing that I would defer to you gentlemen on, uh, perhaps Chase and Jonathan, and not so much Kirk, no offense, my dear friend, uh, is... You know, you, uh, Chase, you brought up the, the pro wrestling analogy here that some people are speculating could be the case. So my question would be, you know, if this is WWF1, then I think what would need to be proven is that there is a connection between the role of Massey as both a race director and uh, somewhat responsible for the financials and the performance of the television product. And I'm not sure that there is that connection, but if there is... Uh, you know, that's going to change the way people think about him for sure. This is the conspiracy pod for sure. Yeah. And Kirk, <laughs> Kirk, you talked about it, but like, that's for sure what happened off me, like off mic. Like, I, I'm pretty confident he got a word from his bosses or his boss's bosses that say, listen, like, don't blow this. We're not finishing without some racing. We're not finishing without some action. You let them race to the end. And he's hamstrung because obviously, like, Lewis, Lewis is at a severe disadvantage here. I, I I agree completely. Chase, did you just go on mute by accident? Uh, I coughed, so that was a cough button mute. Um, I was oh, nice. Barely well, got hey, Chase, yep. that that is a perfect example of what could have happened in the race. Where, <laughs> I, where, I'm, where I'm talking to you, and then suddenly you're muted, and I say, is everything okay? And we don't know who did it this year. I mean, we're talking no, about... You don't know. We're t- the F1 is a- almost a billion-dollar industry. You think that's the yeah. only headset these guys well, have on? I'll throw in a random thing that I found, and this is according to Damon Hill, who many listeners will remember. Um, he actually was in the title fight with Michael Schumacher in the late 90s where something similar happened where Michael Schumacher and Damon Hill got into it and it changed the, 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 the ultimate championship decision. But Damon Hill said that, that he heard that both teams, Mercedes and Red Bull, agreed before the race that they would try to end on a green flag as opposed to any sort of yellow flag. So that's something that likely will be brought up in the official Mercedes protest is that these teams, whether that's likely because of TV money and the fact that Formula One has gained so much popularity in the United States, 
Damon Hill, who's a, a, a total know-it-all on the actual circuit, um, is associated with the Formula One in general. He said that he heard that the teams agreed before the race and shook hands that they would try to race at the end as opposed to having it be settled on a yellow flag, which means cars just go at slow pace, no, you know, no passing, and they finish the race. But hey, Johnny, given this, and I, I want to make this very clear, like this is information and Horner and Red Bull at large gets a lot of flack for skirting the rules, running right up against the rules, playing dirty. But this this final kind of decision and this final controversy was not at all on Red Bull. I don't think Red Bull did anything wrong. Not that anyone's accusing them, but I think it can, gets lost in the shuffle of like the story of this season. But Red Bull played this perfectly. They literally, but they have to because they were in P two. I think Mercedes would have done the exact same thing. Because I agree with you, Chase. Like I think Red Bull did it, did everything they possibly can, right? But does that mean that the ultimate decision of the FIA here? I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty matter of fact that when Total Wolf from Mercedes told Michael Massey at the end of the race, "You need to revert back to the lap before," like that was a BS call that he wasn't going to honor the championship there. Michael Massey's response, Chase wasn't subject to rule 26 df you know which is kind of what his job is he's supposed That's to right. be the rule taker his response was it's a motor race toto which to me kind of sounds like somebody who's sick of all these guys calling in which he has a, he has a right to be but also probably isn't suited for this job and i'm not calling for anybody's job but maybe michael massa needs to be put in the back with the computers instead of on the mic i almost threw and, my and, own headphones John, on the ground I, when i heard that Hey, John and, and Chase, let me just slide this in here also. Uh, this race, like all sports, it's Shakespeare, man. I mean, you can't write a, a better ending to, to anything. And I'm going to tell you what, Red Bull is going to stay out of this. Red Bull is not even going to, They, in their mind, they have nothing to say. Everything that we're talking about, was happening behind them. So you're going to have Red Bull not even give a shit about that. They, they want it. So, they're just going to yeah. celebrate. They're going to pop champagne. There's no way they're changing that ruling that Max won. I hope but that even Dane out, knows I that. Love- I hope Dane, I hope you know that, that it's not changing. I, I think I so, Warner. but you know what? Although it was no fault of Red Bulls and no fault of Verstappen's, I do think Verstappen will have to live the rest of his days with an asterisk on his name for this uh, championship. I'm sorry. But here's where well, I want to And I'll tell you, I, I've watched some interviews with Mac. He doesn't give a fuck. You, you can put 100 asterisks <laughs> next to him. He, he's a, <laughs> no, he, he doesn't. And He's a beautiful and young is, man, and he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Thank you, Kirk. As another person, Kirk's called a beautiful young man. I want to kind of step in here. Um, this is not un- not too all uncommon, too. It's like people are comparing it to other sports, but it really it's impossible to compare this to other sports because ultimately, racing and F Formula One all the time these these moments happen where the FIA has to step in, where the stewards have to come in and make decisions that affect it. Like Johnny, I love your analogy about the golf, but like. That would be assuming that that sort of thing never happened, which isn't the case because, listen, there are many yellow flags, there are racing incidents, there are problems, there are crashes in which leaders, leads are just, for no fault of their own, taken from like anywhere from like minute long leads to nothing. And it can happen 
and it happened on the grandest stage and it happened at the most like important times, which sucks. And like, Hey, I hate it for Lewis, but listen, it's not all uncommon. And it's, it's not like something that Max and like these other drivers aren't used to winning that way. It, it'd be one thing if like this happened in a way that was totally like unexpected and um, just out of bounds for anything that happens to racing. But this kind of stuff happens. It, it- and Chase, Hey Chase. And Lewis certainly congratulated him. Like they knew what could go down at the end. Well, that's, that's a good point because I'll say Chase, I agree with you. I think that this was racing. Um, I do think that if there's one thing that needs to be fixed next year, it means that Michael Mossy again should not be the FIA director. I think that um, he's not capable of telling some strong-minded people what the actual decision is. And it sounds like he's too much like a bag in the wind, which in this sport with the attention that it's getting and the fact that they're freaking broadcasting the radio messages. I mean, that's the worst thing you possibly can do is to put an absolute twink on the, you know, on the radio message. So I, I, I'm sick of him, and I hope that that's a, that's a result. But uh, I will also say that, uh, Kirk, to your point, pretty pretty impressive for Lewis. Um, I thought he handled that very well. I mean, that, that felt like the championship was absolutely ripped out of him there on the final lap in a kind of a surprise fashion. He congratulated Max. He didn't throw his helmet. I mean, I know if I was in that, I would throw my helmet down, and Lewis didn't do any of that. And I'm sorry to, to, to continue to drive on your fandom, Chase. And it sounds like Kurt, your fandom, that. too. Max would have no, thrown Max. his helmet. No, hey, 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 John, I, I'm only a fan of fairness. And <laughs> I'm not talking about names or personalities. But I, I, the, uh, he will not be replaced next year. He is a perfect. He's there for a reason. Uh, his ears are open to whoever is nudging him. I think he's the scapegoat, Kirk. I, Kirk, I think that the, I think they're going to get rid of him. I think that they're going to blame it all on him, and they're going to say the only lesson we've learned here is simply just that Michael Massey can't be in charge anymore. Well, I, I think twenty-five the, I million think, to go away. I think the opposite. I, I think they will keep him to prove that nothing was wrong in this race. Yeah, don't forget, Jonathan, that the FIA is going to appoint the panel to review whether they were at fault. Yeah, and and they've already kind of done that, right, with their two initial immediate denies. It's like the referees are saying the referees didn't do anything wrong. I just think that the public opinion for how much they care about it with the new American private equity firm that owns this thing and obviously cares, I think that they're going to have to choose something. They're not just going to say what happened happened. Because what happened wasn't ideal. Like what happened was not how we wanted to end this race. If you if you grouped up the teams before the race and said, "How about we ended on a really controversial yellow flag? How about we make a decision that has never been done before, where we we specifically allow four cars in between?" Like that's wacky, and I don't think Max wanted it to end that way because there is a little bit of an asterisk. He would have probably preferred to just finish in front of Lewis on merit. And then Lewis obviously didn't prefer it that way either. So I, I personally think that they're going to have to do something. And, you know, Martin Brundle said, I think that both of these drivers should share the title. I think that that would be fitting. That will never happen. But I do think that they're <laughs> going to choose to make some big change within the FIA. Or, or maybe they just don't allow the team principals like Toto and Christian Horner to get on the call with the FIA anymore because that obviously <laughs> has changed. the. Hey, John. 
I agree. I also think Lewis, when he had that 11-second lead, should have changed his tires. I, com- I completely agree <laughs> yes. with you. I c- hindsight 2020, I mean, I think, I, think, um, I think they should have done that, and I think Red Bull historically has been a lot better than Mercedes strategically. But they've been forced to be better because they've had a worse car. Um, but Rebel did everything right to, right in that race. Yeah. Um, Mercedes did everything right in that race, probably until, like you said, Kirk, I think they, they should have trusted their driver a little bit. But I don't think that they thought that there was going to be that unlapping group. I, I really think that they were going to say this, this race is going to end either, either on a yellow flag because they're not going to be able to move Latifi's broken car out of the way, or number two, this race is going to get put back to green but Max is going to have to fight past four cars to get to Lewis on one lap, which would not have been able to be done. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you don't think that half court it's, uh, hail Mary is going to go in. That's the fun yeah, of it. It's, I mean, this is, it's, it was, it made for such an awesome, not awesome. I mean, it made for such a, like, like what the fuck is going on moment, but that's, that's a lot of the fun of this. I, and, me and Johnny, like, like we appreciate the little things. We appreciate a pit at the right time. We appreciate strategy. And we can talk about Checo and, and how Red Bull played the team game. But, but ultimately, like, you watch a lot of these races for the, holy shit, someone crashed, what does this mean moment? And we got the ultimate one. It was the here, here's my, here's my la- here, here Here's how I will end this. Uh, nobody got hurt. And if the worst thing that come out that comes out of this race is a, an asterisk, so so be it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm I'm glad everyone's safe, and uh, I'm glad this Formula One season is. I mean, it's going to go down in the record books. Just there'll be like books and books written about this season, and there'll be an excellent Netflix series written about or film. And there's a lot of new F1 fans, which is which is awesome. I mean, like I. Dane, it's great talking to you and you know the rules and, and that's that's freaking awesome um, to, to kind of talk chapter and verse about that. But yeah, it, it's been a phenomenal Formula One season. This is our final pod on the season. It's the it's the Tuesday extravaganza. We needed a couple more days to digest. And and, but, and I'm a fan of I, I'm a fan of F one for the pussy. But um, ultimately, yeah. For a first season I followed like chapter and verse. This was awesome. It was just such a such a great electric season. I'm a Max fan. I wanted to see new blood in there. We've got a hell of a rivalry. I think this extends Lewis's career. For, so for folks like that are just getting into Formula One, they're going to get to see a guy that I respect the hell out of, a guy that really is a great ambassador. I didn't like what happened to him. I'm happy for Max, but I think we could see these two guys battling it out for hopefully four more years, whereas if Lewis had a one Maybe we only see Lewis. They have a brand new car next year. Imagine Lewis gets the championship ripped away like this and then hops into the 2022 car and can't get a handle on it right away. That could be, I mean, he's, he's a headstrong guy and he's, he's an incredible driver, but who knows? Maybe this is the passing of the torch and this was the final season in this current edition of the Formula One car that, that Lewis was really counting on to... to well, when, when Schumacher went to Ferrari, it took a few years before he won with them. Yeah, but... He, you know, the new car with the new regulation, it's like a whole different actual car with and different wheels. And a new teammate, and, Jonathan. New teammate as well. A young gun. George Russell's not going to do... George Russell is not immediately going to replace Valtteri Bottas. Although we didn't get into it in this episode. Maybe this all would never have happened if Valtteri Bottas finally 
played his part. You know, Checo Perez helps out Max Verstappen in this race tremendously by fighting by fighting Lewis. And where's Valtteri? Maybe Max doesn't do all these pit stops, Dane, if if Valtteri Botas in a fast Mercedes is in third place. Uh, unfortunately, Valtteri Botas is what did he finish sixth? That's 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 a bummer for Mercedes because it it was really two on one, and maybe Max would be too scared about Valtteri Botas, you know, bringing the fight to him um, if he was a little bit closer. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go cry some tears uh, as a Lewis Hamilton stan. Uh, and uh, thank you very much, all, for uh, bringing me into your discussion today. Uh, I love this pod. I hope we can uh, you can invite me back to talk about the uh, next season. Looking forward to it. Oh, we're not even we're not even getting away from the next season. We're going to go when the Netflix series goes. We're going to have some reaction because I think the drama is um, still unfolding. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes out in that series that we didn't even see that will kind of color all this racing. But um, no, we'll, we're going to keep oh, doing great. the pod. So I'm glad you're a fan. Thanks for joining. And I'm gonna, and I'm I'm going to start studying F1. I'm going to watch more races. Chase, Jonathan, thanks for letting me slide in here and just uh, putting my little spin on on life. You know, my first crash was a, a 1973 Opel Cadet. So I know what speed is. <laughs> you, Rick, you look more like a NASCAR driver. Um, like, you look exactly like a NASCAR driver. So I, I don't think anyone doubted your bona fides on the speed front. Um, All no, right, thanks, guys, thank I love you so much. Thanks for so much for stopping by. All right, Bye, thanks, everyone. Kirk. I, mean, I think this is kind of going to be the end of the, the pod, Johnny. Do you have? I mean. We can go backtrack, but I think we really covered it all from left, right, and center. I don't know. Do you have anything more to add? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think we talked about it before the pod, but that's that's all we really want to talk about is is those final four laps and the big picture. You know, the big picture things. Um, there were some fun other facts with Carlos Sainz yet again getting another podium. I wish that guy would win a race. I think he's got the most podium finishes without winning a race. Um, Yuki Sonoda very sneakily finishes fourth, which I don't think anybody saw coming. Um, again, I got into Valtteri Botas. Where the hell was he the whole race? I thought that he did a poor job as a number two, but thankfully for him, he's headed <laughs> out. Um, and Johnny Carlos Seitz, I had him on my, my top three. So I get, I get double points. So I, did I, have him, I think I had him third. I had Valtteri. You winning. get two points for that, but yeah, I have. But uh, you I have, ultimately win. Yeah, no, I get it. Because I have, yeah, because I got two points for Lewis and Max. So, yeah, I won twenty three to eighteen. Uh, that, I mean, Johnny, I, I tip my cap to you. You you picked well this season, and um, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's been really fun. Um, Next season, was, you got to open yeah, up has. that fantasy to the callers, my friends. Oh, yeah. yeah, just to see, just to see the best. Yeah, we'll, we'll extend that just to see your predictions. Yeah. It's fun. We're working on it this year. This year, I think we really got into a good flow with the race recaps and previews. I hope, I hope listeners found those fun and kind of giving predictions before the practice sessions and kind of what we think to look out for in the race. But, yep, we're coming back in February, I think, for preseason testing in Bahrain. So not not too long before we're back looking at. Uh, an incredible new driver lineup uh, and hopefully some incredible and an racing awesome new car. And, and an awesome new car. Awesome. Perfect. This was, this was super fun, Johnny. Appreciate it. Like always. Um, and we'll, we'll keep talking because now it's, I mean, this is start of a beautiful pod. So love, have, it love doing it with you. Awesome. Um, well, that, that wraps it up and uh, enjoy your Tuesday nights, everyone. <laughs>